still gonna take her back man i am still gonna take her back even though she has cheated on me so many times man that's what this feels like every time we get our hopes up every time the game becomes a very crucial game we're reminded of the flaws of our past and and just brought back to that dark space so i'm saying it now man we're starting the official campaign and we're gonna make a trend it's hashtag pozuelo out uh, I, I can't get on board with that, dude. I, you know, I mean, to he's be fair, out. the past. Well, I mean, he's out, but I mean, I don't think I can get on board with Finito with, with the whole. No, 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 no. We're not doing this. We already have to deal with the Neville out. We can't do the Pozuelo out. Uh, but to be fair, every time we get above that line, I say to you, we always jinx it. We always say something about it. I said it last episode. And here we are again in, in disappointment city here. It's, they say uh, pressure makes diamonds. So <laughs> what have we got out of it? We might we've be got like one of those. We've got com- compressed particle board you find at Ikea. I was going to say we're one of those $20 diamond rings at Walmart right now. It's uh, <laughs> not not good. <laughs> What's the Mosinet or whatever the fake diamond turns like there's a new one. I can't remember what it is. Mosinite or something like that. It's, it's no longer cubic zirconia. Obviously, we're joking. But uh, you know, welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I'm Jake Hinton, joined by Mr. Than Harrington. How goes it, buddy? Dude, I'm still tired. That was way too much driving for one damn game. Yeah, just to Dude. be disappointed. No, no, and it wasn't even the disappointment. It was the the three hours out there, and then it was almost four hours back because the turnpike was closed on the way home. And driving backwoods, it was it was great. Riley was no help because he was snoring in the back. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a good time. Uh, I'm definitely glad I crossed the Red Bull Arena off my list. Beautiful stadium in a sketch part of Newark. Um, in it, Newark. It, yeah, yeah, Harrison slash Newark, whatever you want to call it. It was uh, a little sketch, but you know what? Seeing what their stadium was like and how the fan base uh, responded to everything that was going on in the stadium gives me hope for what Miami Freedom Park could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a DJ spinning tracks mm-hmm. behind us during warmups and halftime and whatnot. I mean, that was pretty hey, cool. And uh, Hey, we have a DJ too, okay? Plays at the Extra Time Club after games. World-renowned DJ from Pompano Beach. I'm not saying that we don't have it, but I'm saying during the game, like warm-ups and all that, he was sitting there playing, doing all his shit. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time, but um, still feeling the repercussions of, of that trip. Yeah, man. Well, hashtag Pozuelo out, because Pozuelo is out. We got, I mean, 
that's really the only hot breaking news we have here is, is unfortunately, and obviously I'm joking, right? We know the value of Pozuelo to this team, um, but sucks, 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 sucks. Getting a red card really early in the match, effectively removing uh, himself, which has been kind of the key to the whole equation here, right? And we lose him, and he's certainly the reason that Gonzuela, Gonzuela, look at me, look at me. Look at that. Is that like Brangelina? Yeah, Venezuela. Yeah. That's not. All right, that was a mishap, but we might want to brand that later on in the postseason. Anyway, but with Pozuelo out, I mean, Pozuelo is the reason Gonzalo has been so good. So now with this knucklehead karate kick, Ryu would have been proud situation. We're not only out our play-making 10 who really strings together everything, but we're also going to be missing out of Gonzalo because Gonzalo has not really played well unless Pozuelo has been playing, playing with him. So we're effectively out two players for this next match in a crucial crucial six-point game against Columbus. That's the only really hot-breaking news I have unless you have anything else. Man, that sucks. We could have used that win. It could have given us a nice cushion to breathe a little bit in this congested East. Was there anything else that I'm missing? Well, I mean, you kind of glanced over the top that we'll be missing Gonzalo, but we actually might actually be missing Gonzalo because yeah, yeah. he got pulled off a half because of that injury, which I didn't actually see in any way, shape, or form. I saw him running around. I never saw him hit the, uh, hit the dirt, and then he all of a sudden he was gone. I was like, oh, Phil must be trying something different. Nope, just uh, I guess he's injured. So cross your fingers, hold your breath. Uh, we're in for a wild ride, kids. But to Phil's credit, I mean, I know you were at the game, so you weren't as active on – on Discord as you you typically are, but something had to happen. Without Pozuelo, Gonzalo's not effective, and going down to ten men, we had to make some changes, try and get some speed on the wings to to, to beat some people. But um, I guess let's just uh, let's just jump right into this one, buddy. Let's just rip the old band aid off and hope for the best on Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Well, as you know, we took on Red Bull New York and we lost three to one. Uh, Really, I mean, we'll get into it, but it was a not so tightly contested uh, affair after the Pozuelo incident. We were definitely on our back foot. Uh, definitely came out strong, looked promising. Uh, you know, Jay, we always have conflicting reports here on what the formation. I'm going off of what I saw. Uh, four three three. What did you have? Uh, four three three is what they released. Now, is that? Um... True to, let's see. Nope, still not true to ESPN. Still at us in a 4-2-3-1. So, hey, here we are. Hey, there we are. Look, look at us. Uh, <laughs> look at us. <laughs> lineup. Uh, we had Drake, Yedlin, Lowe, McVeigh, Kieran Gibbs, Gregory, Mota in the CDM spot, Pozuelo. Uh, shout out to Indy. I wasn't expecting to see him out there, so, you know, good for him. Uh, Gonzalo and Ari to round off the lineup. Um, when on, I saw the go, guy. Though, before you go. 433 is what the club released in their pretty little pink graphic that they released. Approximately right. 15 minutes later, the club releases the lineup once the Red Bulls come out and they even put it at a 4231. So like when do we do we need to send an email to someone in the organization? Like whoever whoever is in digital marketing and dropping this beautiful piece of artwork. Oops, sorry. And then Whoever is, I guess, more on like the team stat side, I'm not sure, but why are they never on the same page? It's 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 getting kind of ridiculous at this point where it's not really even funny. It's just kind of like, yo, get your shit together. 
embarrassing. That's the word you're looking there for. It's, it's it's not great. Um, but honestly, when I saw the guys run out, I was I was confident in the lineup. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was it was a solid lineup uh, that looked like it would pair up well with what uh, Red Bull were going to bring to the table. Uh, nothing, nothing really shocked me. There wasn't any surprise players. I mean, besides Indy, but even then, seeing Indy out there was more of a, oh, you know, good for him. Not like, oh my God, Indy's starting. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, what do you think? I am a hundred percent in line with you. I mean, you know, I think it's the 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 one of the better lineups we could put out there. But what else would you would you argue? I mean, like we know Duke's not going to start, right? Because Pozuelo's starting. You could. I mean, maybe argue Robbie Taylor should have been out there. You know, this was a little strange. He's on the bench. He, he's started the vast majority of games, I feel like. Um, but at the same time, we know Indy's not a full 90-minute guy. So get Indy out there, let him, you know, burn off some energy and then bring Taylor on, like, wasn't the biggest concern. I, I felt pretty good. I saw the lineup. I was like, yep, perfect. We're ready. Let's go. We've been playing well for over a month. It's game time. I felt good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you, and I'm a staunch Robbie Taylor supporter, as I know you are as well. I would like to have seen him out there, but uh, no, you know, we got to, if we, we have Indy loaned to us, we need to start getting more out of him, and he's not going to do it by riding the pine, so. And he certainly hasn't made a case of why we should sign him for, you know, a, a full-time roster spot. Which is really disappointing, if I if I have to say so, you know, it's just. Not what we were expecting, but uh, why don't we just jump right in here and, uh, you know, get after it with this recap. Uh, started off pretty cagey. Uh, I feel like I usually say that with all Inter-Miami games, but it's the truth. Started off pretty cagey. Back and forth, uh, not really not really holding uh, the ball and attacking play too, too much. But I think at one point we've had pretty high possession percentage. Yeah, we did. And, like, I was really imp- impressed with, like, the first, say, 10 minutes of this game, right? Uh, we were pressing well, and we were beating their press. New York Red Bulls has always been a, a high-press team. We were very calm, very composed, able to beat it, able to work around it. And we also had, you know, a few pretty damn good chances, like, in the first six minutes. I think it was, like, in the third or fourth minute, Mota just rips one from outside that m- could have honestly, you know, given it – half an inch left or right on where he's striking it squeezed past the keeper, but Gonzalo also had a chance to redirect it. And there was like a little bit of a kind of ruckus ball that, that found its way right into the box, dropped right to Lassiter to where he's one-on-one versus the keeper takes a rip, unfortunately hits it right at the keeper. And then something like stuck out to me and like, you know, we don't really say anything bad about any of the, the, the commentators or anything like that, but like, Kalen was saying like, oh, you know, he, he lacks confidence. And I'm just like, that's not a confidence thing. Like he, he got that ball and took a rip right away. That was just a, my bad miss aim. Um, Ari has had some confidence issues. He has been a little rusty coming back, but the past couple of weeks he's been finding his form again. So, um, but that one, man, like one-on-one left or right, it's dropping, and my man just hits it right to the keeper. It literally, realistically, should have been 1-0 by the sixth minute. It could have been 2-0 by the sixth minute. And then it progresses. And then, you know, I'm not going to steal your shine here, but it seems like my boy does one thing and one thing only. I, I will say, though, going back to Ari real quick before we get into this goal, I was already out of my seat. Mm-hmm. Riley was already out of his seat. We were like, we looked like a bunch of, 
jackasses because we were already celebrating because it was that close. Yeah, you thought it, you thought he was going to slot it away, but you know what? As you alluded to, we did not have to wait too much longer. Nineteenth minute, Chef's Kiss masterpiece. Uh, Ari, who apparently is lacking confidence. But- <laughs> And fool me not confident uh, was, he's not lacking that acting confidence <laughs> new new he was uh, fouled on top of the box and was awarded a free kick uh gonzalo actually replicated his first goal uh just different positioning from outside the box uh but he blasted this up over the wall past the keeper and into the upper right hand side of the goal i don't know what my gut was telling me but like i happened to be just filming that free kick for whatever reason mm-hmm. and it was, it's one of the best videos i ever take it took at a game it was uh it was in front of the supporter section. They went silent, and then you could see the smattering of inner Miami fans cheering. You could hear the boys in the upper deck screaming their lungs out. Yeah, uh, yeah. one I, of the I most beautiful goals go. I've ever seen. I knew it was going to go. It, it was. It was. You said like different position. I mean, this was really very, very similar to the first free kick he made, which was what last year or no the. That was his first year, so that would have been our inaugural year against the Red Bulls. It was just on the other side. But he hit one earlier this season, basically same spot. Anywhere from like that, if you're looking at goal, that left third outside the 18 box, just like a few yards outside, that's his spot. And he's not curling it over the wall. He's literally picking out far post saying, beat me if you can, get your hands up, I'm going to break your fingers off. And he rockets them. Like, these are not friendly balls. These are, like, you can't even react quick enough. I mean, he is absolutely blasting. I don't know what the miles per hour were were on this one. I want to say he was, like, 70 or something miles per hour, like, on on the one he hit earlier that is just the camera can't even follow. This is his spot. I still, we were eating dinner, and I stood up, and I was like, this is it. This is it. They probably were like, yo, you're scumbag. Sit back down and finish dinner, but... It's just, it's just, that's his spot, man. That is his spot. And that's especially just ripping that ball. Yeah. I mean, you got to like that we have someone who can rip him on a free kick because I feel like we've been monkeying around with, with trying different things. Just let Gonzalo rip it. Hammer yeah. it home. If it hits a hand, it's probably, like you said, it's going to break a finger and yeah. we're, we're all in. Well, I don't know like what happens outside of that, like that left third of the box. If it's like, if you're going right on, like, you know, pretty much head on to the goal. You're gonna have to put a little finesse. You're gonna have to bend that ball. If you're on the, if he's on the right side, I doubt he can do that with the outside of his right foot. So that's maybe where like a Gene Mota comes on. We still need like that finesse kicker. But as far as like power, like beat me if you can. I, I name a better one in the league. Chris McVeigh. Chris McVeigh. <laughs> Tyler Badgley. Underleg. Tyler Badgley. Yeah, there we go. Um, so. That was a short-lived high because in the uh, 20... Can we just live? Can we just remember that 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 feeling, though? Like, that no. was a great feeling. Like, we played well. No. I was like, yo, we're going to do it. Like, we're going to we're gonna solidify our place in the in the playoffs. It felt good. It was a it was an enjoyable five minutes. Well, this is where my parlay died right here. <laughs> I, I, this, this is this is where I got in trouble by checking my sports book app outside of Pennsylvania and they slapped my hand because in the 29th minute, the uh, karate kid himself looking up for a ball, he turned and planted his cleat right into the chest of the defender. We're talking about (laughs) 
Alejandro Pozuelo. He said, what are you doing? is Sparta. Two. Dude. Two. Like, I'm, I'm not going to condone violence, but, like, it was Andreas Reyes. Like, ex-Inter Miami player, right? Like, one of the guys who we got in trouble with for signing. I there obviously I don't think there was any spite there because they never played together, but just the fact it was an ex Inter Miami player and they had they had three playing right they had Lewis Morgan Dylan Elias and Reyes playing but um yeah yeah I was like definitely yeah. a yellow saw the replay I was like yeah that's gonna be a red I think everyone knew that was gonna be a red and you didn't really have a leg to stand on no because it was on the chest of the opponent like that's yeah and there was like um, a I secondary can... kick action too it was like he pulled I... it down and then kind of went forward again i'm not gonna say it was a malicious like he was trying to kick him maybe he was yeah. just like losing his balance or whatever but the i think that second action pretty much solidified it so so from my seat when i saw it in live action i said yeah we're done that's it that's game yeah. because as we've alluded to in the past i mean everybody knows pozuelo pulls the string he pulls the string for the entire offense. When it was a yellow, I was like, eh, okay, maybe. And then when it went to VAR, I was like, yeah, no, we're we're, we're in trouble here. So yeah. Um, the the troubling thing for me was the consequence of this red card on the match mm-hmm. because Inter Miami and Red Bull fans alike continued to complain about the refereeing from this point on. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, we'll get into the stats after we run through all this. Um, but, you know, 34th minute, Mota picks up a yellow card. All right. 36th minute, Red Bull, Duncan picks up a yellow card. 42nd minute, Aaron Long picked up a yellow card. There was not a extreme passage of play from that 29th minute until the 43rd minute. Like, it, it was not a, f- a game that flowed. Mm-hmm. It felt like we had a U.S. Open Cup ref officiating that night. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, I mean, we'll continue to get into it. Um, one that I shamelessly celebrated here, uh, 43rd minute. Tolkien finds our boy Lewis running to the left-hand side of the box directly in front of us. Lewis aimed, fired at Drake. I'll tell you what. I know he's beating himself up on this goal. Mm-hmm. I know he is. Drake got a piece of it. Mm-hmm. It just rolled over his hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Lewis wheeled away in celebration, notched the game at 1-1 right before the half, doing the uh, ode to Breck Shea. Uh, Again, it must have looked really weird seeing two inner Miami supporters fist pumping, uh, Drake getting beat there. But yeah, uh, yeah. So did just scumbag. And like, uh, yeah, sorry. To be honest, a lot of people were pissed off about that celebration. It it, I, it, it at at the time it seemed like a mockery. And like you know, we've had Lewis on the show before. You've you've you spoke with Lewis after the match. We've spoken with Lewis before. He's not that type of guy. So it's just like. No, he didn't. Like, there's no, it felt malicious. Um, it was later on discovered that it was in solitude, I guess, with Breck. I'm not sure really what it was. Maybe the injury or, or not playing. Um, you know, people have said, like, their relationship, it, you know, runs pretty deep. So that made me feel better about it. But at that moment, a lot of Inter-Miami fans are like, WTF, bro. I didn't think anything of it though because I've seen his past celebrations where he's like running, doing the knee slide, doing the big like yeah, fist pump in the air. And when I saw that, I was like, "All right, I don't, I don't." Now, obviously, I'm always going to be biased to that that man. Whatever mm-hmm. his actions are is what it is. But I didn't see any malicious intent in it. Um, what I would say to those who think it's malicious, get over yourselves. It was a goal. It was a celebration. 
uh, you know, he applauded us at the end of the match in Miami. He he put his hands up to the fans. You know, he gave us our nod, even if he wanted to celebrate. Is what it is. It's not like it's the first time he's played against us this year. Um, and you know what? We got to have thicker skin than that because he's going to see, he will probably score on us again and again and again. It is what it is. Fair enough. Um, but anyways, that was taking us into halftime. Uh, we had some substitutions at the half. Kieran Gibbs was out. Ryan Saylor came on and little did we know Gonzalo got hurt. Uh, so Emerson came on. Uh, what you think of the subs? Uh, I, I like even without knowing that Gonzalo got hurt initially, I, I was I was okay with it because without Pozuelo, Gonzalo has not been efficient. So it was bring on the Rhino, right? Bring on Emerson, let him run wild, see if we can't get something going because it's literally when you're playing a man down, you're playing counter attack and. We have Ari, we have Emerson, we got speed. We know we're going to try and run the counterattack. We had good possession up until this. We honestly finished with much better possession than I thought we were going to have, although it did seem like we were really just digging in and, and, and being very defensive-minded. But uh, no issues with the sub, right? you got to create something. Um, obviously, you know, this puts Phil in a, in a bind of what's my best options here, and, and I don't disagree with it. I think as if you leave Gonzalo in, even without the injury, he's really not going to be very effective past the 60th minute without Pozuelo. So no issues with it at all, honestly. Now, the only thing I was thinking was we might have seen Coco come on because I had seen him warming up yeah. uh, before the half. And uh, he looked like he was ready to go. Uh, I mean, Emerson was out there with him as well. But um, it is what it is. 53rd minute. Uh Kind of another nail in the in the coffin here. Uh, balls whipped into the box, finds the head of Caceres Jr. Caceres can't put the ball on target and heads it back out to Edelman. And I got to be honest, from where I was looking, I saw Edelman running towards the ball, and you could see defender, defender, wide open net, and Drake being shielded by low. And I said, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. And Edelman, you know, good on him. He ripped it, absolutely ripped it. Drake had no chance. Uh, just by Lowe's positioning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no one closed him down, and uh, all of a sudden it's 2 1. Yeah. Uh, you I know, mean, like, I, I praised Lowe, I think it was the last game of the game before that, just for his partnership with Drake. But there were two goals here where, I mean, Lowe was just out of position. And, you know, if, if the fault's going to fall on somebody, it's unfortunately these situations falls on him, and he really is the captain of that back line. So definitely you know, not the, the best game from him, but in the same breath, you have to understand you're playing a man down and you're just going out wave after wave after wave. I mean, shout out to all my little nerds who play Call of Duty zombies, right? It just doesn't stop. It's just wave after wave. And I felt like the team had just been weathering so much. But, you know, luck as far as <laughs> men versus men, right? Numbers versus number did change in the second half. And I'll let you get to that. Yeah, uh, 61st minute, we had a bunch of substitutions here. Lasseter came out for Coco. Indy came out for Robbie Taylor. I wish Robbie would have came on earlier. Is what it is. Uh, for Red Bull, uh, Long apparently got injured, and then Dylan Nealis came on. Yearwood came out, and the kid, Caden Clark, came <laughs> on to the field. The I was kid. actually happy. I was happy to get to see him play. Not for what happened, yeah. but, you know, it. the future. The future looks good. He's a stud. Um, 
As a fan of the game, though, this is this is one I had an issue with. Duncan in the 70th minute, yellow, red. Uh, mm, mm, that wasn't – I didn't see much in that tackle. I, I really didn't. And this is where the, the, the cries of the officiating really – came came full full bore out at Red Bull Stadium because I, I understand he was already on a yellow, but the, there were so many other times up and down the field where both teams were getting pushed over, knocked over, and the official was just waving play on. Mm-hmm. I didn't see much in it. I know I'm supposed to be, you know, obviously cheering for us, but as a fan of the game too, it was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Was I happy that we made a level 10-10? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But I I don't I want to see something more more like concrete. I don't think I could have seen that as another yellow. That's just my my take. Yeah, yeah. I mean I I have to on be honest and agree. Definitely solved. Uh at the same time, I was like, hey, we'll take the red card. Like now it's 10 on 10. We're already down a goal, so I mean it's still not like you know, it's a, it's a, you know, draw game or, or we're up. So it's still, there's work to do, but even after that, it, it, that like elatement, that feeling of like, okay, we could still pull this off was shut down in only a couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, so in the 74th minute, uh, Red Bull throw in, uh, Damien, again, we're picking on you this time, man, but low half-heartedly cleared it. It fell to Dylan Nealis, and, you know, good on Nealis. He had head on a swivel, just popped it up over our back line. Initially thought Clark was offsides. Uh, he, he wasn't. Uh, and this is one, I'm not going to criticize Drake, but this is definitely the one he should have had, where it just hit him and went by him, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't a goal loss, so it wasn't anything immaculate. It just was a ball hit at him, and that was it. Uh, I don't know. You know, Clark's proving or continuing to prove his worth, what he's capable of. I just wish it wasn't against us, but, uh, yeah, 3-1. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, at that point, we basically know what the, the inevitable inevitable is coming, right? I mean, to come down, even though it's, you know, 10 on 10, two goals and – you know, 50 minutes is a is a tall order for any man. And, uh, you know, we did make some subs, tried to tried to turn the game around. And, you know, they had some some players go off and some more studs, you know, go on. It was um, – it just – it felt like a game where – it kind of been this way, honestly, the whole season. It's like we, we can put out a, a pretty solid starting lineup, but we – as far as – having confidence in players you're bringing off the bench, there's really only a couple that were fully confident. Like, yeah, he can go in and make a good impact. The rest are like, you know, roll the dice, hope for the best. And New York just has, you know, players they can cycle through and still get a, a decent level of production that we just can't yet, whether it be thin roster sanctions, cap space, whatever, you know, you name it, whatever. Um, but yeah. And, you know, I won't steal your thunder with the uh, the final substitutions and all that, but uh, you know, after that, Caden Clark goal is just you just knew you know it was what it was. Uh, you know what? I, I will argue. I was still looking at Riley, going, you know what? No, I think we got. I think we have a chance to draw because I mean, of everything gonna, we've seen this year. Yeah, you know what I exactly, mean. Exactly. Um, so, seventy eighth minute, Mota off Duke on eightieth minute, another again 
soft yellow for me. Tolkien got a yellow. 81st minute is when Red Bull kind of put the clamps down. Uh, Lewis was out. Omer Fernandez came on. Patrick Kamala was off. Tom Barlow came on. We'd be remiss to say that Damian Lowe had a chance to redeem himself to pull one back. Two. And, well, the one he dumped right into the goalkeeper's lap. I don't remember the second one. But yeah. yeah There's yeah. a header, and then he, it was basically a, a one-on-one shot, and he just blew it wide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he really, uh, really could have redeemed himself. And, uh, you know, I get, let's backtrack a little bit here. <laughs> Lowe's up there basically playing a striker. <laughs> what was that all about? It reminded me of those kids we run into in Ultimate Team that play with Sergio Ramos up top. It's yeah. like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, but then I thought Coco was going to open his account too. He was like half an inch getting around the final defender to put one in on goal. But uh, yeah, that's where the game ended. 3-1 uh, is what it is. We have to move on. We have a uh, big game week coming up. And we have to just focus. We got to stay focused. It's going to be tough. It's, it's really going to be tough. Uh, but looking at this match, stats, enter Miami to the opponent, as we always do here, 55 to 45%. Shots, 11 to 20. Shots on goal, 5 to 8. Passes, 5-11 to 5-15. That was closer than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, corners, 5 to 2. Again, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but the officiating. Fouls, 8 to 16. That's absurd. Absolutely absurd. Uh, yellow cards, one to three. Red cards, one to one. And uh, Jay, as we pointed out before you and I hit record on this episode, that is actually red card number three and red card number four that I have seen in person at Inter Miami matches in only six games. So maybe this is my fault. It's all your fault, buddy. It is <laughs> it's all, all my fault. your fault. I mean, but look, this uh, look at possession. Even fifty five percent possession with being being down a man for most of the matches is still impressive, but this game really came down to a lack of finishing. I mean, the, you go to the Moto one, you go to the Lassiter, uh, definitely the Damian Lowe ones. You, you just mentioned Coco. I mean, there's there was at least four, we'll realistically say two of those that should have gone in. There is a, a, in a, I guess a more settled offense or more composed players is very well could have finished a draw or even higher. Um, that's something that we're going to have to find a workaround because again, we're going to be out Pozuelo, which means we're basically out Gonzalo, whether he plays or dealing with injuries. And there is no other consistent score on our team. I mean, Gonzalo with that free kick took the lead. He has nine goals on the season. Campana has eight. He's not ready to come back yet. Probably looking still, Two more weeks, best case for Campana to come back. And then you go down to really just a, a hodgepodge of, of players. Like, you know, you got Laster at three, uh, Robbie Taylor at three. You've got uh, Mota at two, Pozuelo, he'll be out, so that's irrelevant. But Emerson is two, Vasilev is two, and then drops off to really just four players that have one goal. Like, there's no other scoring options here right now. That's the major concern in such a crucial game. That's the major concern. But no, I, guess- I mean, it's what we've talked about. We we need another scorer. Uh, I, I hope Leo can find his magic. I hope he can find his form. Uh, I, I would really like to see Robbie Taylor continuing to take folks one-on-one in the box and, to, and rip some shots. Mm-hmm. If we're going to shoot, if we're going to let Mota shoot from 55 yards out or, you know, whatever, like Justin Tucker range here, like let's let Robbie go 
Well, let them have a couple rips. I mean, uh, it's frustrating because we're right there and we just don't have the pieces where when we need them, at least for this critical match coming up. I mean, and our two star, if you want to call them star strikers, right? Gonzalo and Campana. I mean, yeah, Gonzalo might be able to create a goal better than Campana can, but they're both kind of target men, right? They're not the, the fastest or most agile. So now what happens, right? You put in Coco, who's much smaller. I mean, this is going to be a really interesting lineup to see who's going to be playing up top, who is surrounding them. Phil's going to have to to work his magic here. It's going to be it's going to be tough. I think the wingers are going to need to get the green light to rip from wherever they can, inside, outside the box. Angles don't matter. Someone's just got to have a go. But do, were there were there any positives you took away from this game? Mm, I mean. I guess if I had to put a positive out there, I mean, the guys didn't give up. They, they really didn't give up. And that's one thing, you know, we can say they, they kept at it. They kept pressing the issue. It, like you already said, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but the lack of finishing is what killed us this game. Yeah. Um, what, what, did you have any positives? It's tough, man. It's really, really tough. Um, I'm going to just like Ari, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's getting his his uh, his quality back, right? He's uh, he's getting his form back. Um, that's definitely something that was positive because the first two or three games he came back on, his touches were horrible. He was you know running faster than his body could process. So he, he's getting back to the to where we we need him. And I mean, honestly, as far as scoring options go, it's gonna probably have to fall to to him or or Robbie Taylor. It's just too early and there's been so little data to go off to really make a a fair judgment of of coco jean one way or the other so yeah, i don't know i mean are there negatives plenty of negatives for me damien low not a great game he knows that i don't think we need to beat up on him um i still think that back line is a area we we're still gonna need improvement on and you know hopefully we'll see some improvement the next season but certainly when we're out of uh of sanctions um, you know, but like in a game where we played well against a high pressing team, we, we kept possession. We were basically equal on passes. And, um, you know, before Pozuela went out, it was like, this is, we're playing like a, a playoff team would play. And then to see that just kind of get destroyed very quick and everything kind of meltdown, uh, tough. So, you know, it's, it's a negative for me because we've seen the situation many times in the past. And right now, I'm curious to see of how this team reacts because I have said so many times, especially over like the past month of, of these podcasts, is we have made, you know, unbeaten runs like this in the past. You know, like it was, it was like 11 games last year. Looked great. Looked like we were, we were going to roll our way into the playoffs. And then the wheels fall off. The wheels fell off in this game. And they're probably going to be off for the next game with Pozuelo being out, effectively making Gonzalo out. So, question is, right now, in crunch time, and our opponents aren't super easy, right? It's a battle of the East, and we're going against teams that are going to want revenge and are still fighting for a playoff spot, is do we limit the damage to this game, to maybe the Columbus game, and then get it together and finish the season strong, or do we just melt like we have seen happen two seasons in a row? I, I can't, I can't do another meltdown, dude. I can't, 
I can't like my heart can't take it again. Like, am, am I proud of the boys for where we're at at this point in the season? And, and I don't want to keep beating on this either, but where we shouldn't have been at this point in the season. Yes. But God damn, can we just, can we just finish? Yeah. Finish strong. It's finish strong. Because like you're proud of where they are. Mm-hmm. And we said at the beginning of the season, like major, major accomplishment. This season is a win. If we can just make the playoffs. And then we get above that playoff line and then you forget, you, you start to forget like, well, that's basically like the ultimate achievement for this team. You get comfortable and you see these wins, these comebacks, these draws and fight. And then you, before you know it, subconsciously your, your expectation level goes higher and then you're getting disappointed when, you know, the game's finished out on Sunday. We're still, uh, you know, and in, 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 we're still in the playoffs. But it felt it feels like a major letdown. Like we were we were conditioned to to to, and we played well. So you know the evidence was there that we could win this game. But it's just funny how that that switch changes. Where it's like, oh, just get to the playoffs. We'll call it a win. We'll be happy with you. Now we're in the playoffs, and you lose a game, and it's like, man, bummer. Like we're so disappointed yeah. and stuff. And I mean, again, like we're still. Number six, like we're, we're holding down that 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 sixth spot. Orlando got lucky with another Tesho Akindeli goal, um, but they didn't jump a spot either. You know, New York's lit a father. We'll, we'll get all into this in the in the, the Eastern Conference rankings and stuff, but um, you got to take a step back and just remember where we were at the beginning of the season and what our expectations were. It's hard, I know. But yeah, newsflash, we're not winning the league. Yeah. We're not going to win the league. Like, just relax. Like, um, before we jump into the rankings, negatives for me, I'm not going to beat up on Drake. He knows. Uh, he knows. That, that That is what it is. Low, he knows. I'm so damn tired of DeAndre Yedlin disappearing when we need him most. Mm. Fair. Very so fair. tired of it. And I love I love Yedlin. I do. I love going to see him play. I love when he's on his game. I love when he... He, he shows why he's a U.S. men's national team player. But then he just disappears. Like, he is the reason that Lewis got free. He wasn't tracking. He wasn't marking. He wasn't doing anything. He just was there, you know? There were so many times, especially in that first half, where he, he didn't make the sprint into the box or towards the box like he normally does. He doesn't make the moves he should. And he just like he's sleepwalking. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's already dreaming of Qatar or what, but wake up. And I know, like, I'm screaming at the wrong person, but, like, dude, wake up. Like, <laughs> just please, please be who we need you to be. That That's it. Can we, can, mm-hmm. can we move on now? <laughs> I mean, you know, you're right. We got three assists at him from the season. You know, no goals. And uh, there was a, like, second minute, I think. Or no, it was probably the third minute leading up to the to the Mota like bean ball that that almost went in, but like the ball, he had the ball on the the right side of the box and he opted for the cross and I, and I was like I messaged I messaged someone I was like I was like I didn't start you in fantasy to not drill that ball like when you have the chance right like he could have taken a shot there that's where you you say okay like I'm the U.S. men's national team right back like that's where you solidify i thought like that that cross was kind of a cop out there so um yeah no i agree with everything that you just said there bud we're on the same yeah page. i 
I, I can't do this anymore. We're going we're gonna to move on to the rankings before I start getting really angry here. Mm. Um, all right. So, hey, Eastern Conference, as we alluded to, we're still in the playoffs as of right now. Uh, current place, we are in sixth with 36. Uh, who are we currently behind? Orlando's in fifth with 39. Boo. I know. Red Bull, uh, fourth with 44. All right. New York City FC, who knows what they're doing? Uh, it, it's kind of an enigma. <laughs> once, once, ta- once Tati left, it's been like, uh, I don't know. They're just there to stomp out the teams trying to get into the playoffs. That's like yeah, their pretty- sole purpose now, you know, and um, Orlando's just like, okay, two back-to-back games where Tesho Akindeli saves you in like the 80th, ninth minute. And then like the 96th minute, your luck's going to run out. And I've been saying, I've been saying that second to last game of the season would be such a fun time to knock them out of the playoffs for us i mean yeah i'm i would consider coming down for that depending on how cl- close this race got uh you heard it here first folks than fast 2022 part two might be now, stay away dude soon. you shouldn't go to any more games <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you're gonna you're about to be banned from any playoff matches all right listen so if they get a red card when i go down to dc that will be the third game in a row down at dc i've seen a red card i saw the the first ever team goal the pizarro game uh red card in that the red card in the 2-2 draw last year so yeah i'm gonna blame it on riley because it's easier mm, than blaming it on yes, myself. blame the child yes, yes i'm blaming the child yeah. uh so who are we ahead yes good question jay because i want to get away from this topic uh columbus <laughs> seventh 36 points uh, we are ahead of them based on record. Columbus is 8, 6, and 12. We are 10, 11, and 6 with one less game played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbus has, anyways. Uh, since he is in 8th uh, with 35 points, uh, they – we'll touch this a little bit later, but they they got robbed in hell is real, uh, for my opinion. Uh, and then Revs. Again, one of those teams, like, you're not quite sure what's going on, but they're here just to kind of cause a little problem for the teams ahead of them. Uh, they're in ninth with 34 points. Uh, anything stand out to you in the Eastern Conference, Jay, or can we move on to Supporter Shield? Uh, I mean, we're going to get into Columbus here uh, after that. So, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. But uh, they, they have a, a game in hand on us. So, you know, it, it's going to get – it's going to get a little sketchy here. I, what I will say is, though, due to the um, the rescheduled Orlando City game, which was supposed to take part on 9-4, if I'm not mistaken, that was moved to the second-to-last game of the season, which also sucks because that's a midweek game. And then we got to go into decision uh, day uh, on a short week. But... Uh, Columbus, you know, still game in hand. We're even on points. That's why this win is so crucial. Um, but the fact that we're not playing this weekend, right? We're just playing Wednesday. All these other teams will be playing on this weekend. And I looked at some of the schedules, some of these other teams, and they're pretty compact. So we're going to be technically knocked out of the playoffs or outside of the playoff line after probably this weekend or certainly midweek or the following week because we're going to fall a game or two behind. Uh, It's going to get very compact. So we will fall out. Don't fret. We still will be able to make those games up as the season continues, but it is something to keep your eye on. No, absolutely. And one thing I failed to mention the Eastern conference is uh, the Red Bull have played one more game than us. 
So there's there's a little room for that. Um, but I don't know. We, we no, still v- really need valid point, point. Valid point. But this rescheduling of the game really just helps Orlando for the Open Cup. Yep. MLS conspiracy. Yep. We can do a whole episode on Ten Hat conspiracies. And then at the second to last game, that midweek game, we're going to be playing Orlando. We're the only two teams in the league that are playing. So you're then you're, you're you're hurting us. So you're helping Orlando, then you're hurting us at the end of the season. But it'll make it sweet when we knock them out. But uh, just it's going to get a little funky here to wrap up the season with everyone not being on the same amount of games played and the catch up. So even these teams that might be sixth and seventh, where we could be eighth or ninth, are feeling pretty good. But then come those last few games of the season, we could reclaim our spot. I think that the next painful loss we have, we should just not recap it, and we should just do that Tin Hat conspiracy episode. I know the fans have been clamoring for it, so or we figure out. Uh, or I, just, I'm here. Uh, we figure out some sort of magic recipe that works without Pozuelo and Gonzalo, and then we just keep winning, and then maybe okay. we stay up even with all these games. But yeah, it's going to get a little a little janky here to finish out the season. But that is that is the MLS in a in a nutshell. Uh, I think we should do low at striker and Uyola at. Cam, let's I, just do it. I think Throw we it all do out there. Drake at striker and Bryce Duke in that. You know, so the supporter shield standings. <laughs> you know what? He might be pretty vicious. Uh, anyway, supporter shields. We are in twelfth. Uh, we are behind the resurgent LA Galaxy uh, in eleventh. RSL, who I never really. This was prior any. to this game, right? No, I'm fairly confident this was... Oh, this is today. Uh, this was as of today. Okay, perfect. Very good, very good. I know mm-hmm. we, we changed up the schedule to try and bring episodes earlier in the week so we don't get the power rankings right. Yes, I got it here. So, LA is 12th, RSL is 11th, and Nashville is 10th. Uh, again, I never really hear too much about RSL, and all of a sudden they're like, boom, here they are. Mm-hmm. Surprise! Um, they may be adjusted because I'm looking on MLS and we're 13th right now, which isn't horrible considering what just happened maybe i just got my uh my numbers messed up here but regardless those are the teams that are ahead of us teams uh we are ahead of it is columbus portland and cincinnati uh more importantly than this supporter shield which we are not going to win never say never we that's what justin Bieber are, told me we are 48 <laughs> percent likely to make the playoffs. So got to keep the faith. But that's down 3%. I think we were 51% last week or yeah, something. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't anything too, too crazy hey, there. So we'll maybe, maybe we're, maybe the whole fan base is just overreacting at this loss. Maybe it's not as bad as, bad as we all think if, if we're still that, you know, that's, that's favorable. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that we have every right to be a little overreactive because we're used to the meltdown this time of year. Yep. Um, do I need remind you that the meltdown last year started after the Columbus crew game? Why the so, fuck would you do that right now? Well, hey, that's what it is. Jay, guess who we're playing next? The Columbus crew. Learn me something about the Columbus crew. Are they a converted Yale crew team that decided to start a soccer organization i think that's what you call the people the rowboats right the crew team yeah yeah the, the crew team well uh, yeah uh no they are uh you know we're playing the columbus crew they are playing at lower.com field we are playing at 7 30 p.m who are they glad you asked 
they were founded in 1994. The inaugural season was in 1996. Uh, they have actually played at a couple different places. So they currently, as I said, play at Lower Dotcom Field. I did not know that they played at Ohio Stadium between 1996 and 1998 uh, on Ohio State's campus. So there's something for you. Is Ohio State uh, on Ohio State's campus or the University of Ohio's campus? No, they said Ohio State. Oh, because they're in when Columbus. I yeah, it up. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know why they would travel, Jay. Jeez. Um, anyways. I don't even know where the University they, of Ohio is. I, I don't know. I know Miami there. of Ohio is in Miami of Ohio. Of Ohio. Shout out Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, anyways, they also played at Historic Crew Stadium, also known as Map Free Stadium, also known as Columbus Crew Stadium. More names than Meta World Peace. What are their they nicknames, there. though? But hold on. They played there from 1999 to 2021. I do want to say I got a chance to take a tour of crew, the old crew stadium when it was called Map Free, and it was it was pretty fun. You could see why they uh, they tend to get the U.S. men's national teams every single damn time. Anyways, the nicknames for the club: it is the Crew. Watch out, the Black and Gold. <laughs> And this one had my head scratching. If, if you're a fan of the crew in some capacity, can you please inform me what the hell the massive is? I don't think you're old enough to learn that yet. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, trophies won. Uh, they are, they, they got a pretty nice uh, cabinet here. Starting How many times have they been MLS champions? Oh, eight and 10. So that's two, according to basic math. How many times uh, have they won the supporters' shield? Thrice, oh four, oh nine, and ten, I believe. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" Did... It was a leap. <laughs> they were year. so. It was a strange year. <laughs> they were so good that in oh nine, I just wrote it in our notes twice. Uh, they won the U.S. Open Cup in twenty twenty or two thousand two, and the Campeones Cup, which I didn't know was a thing, uh, but they won in twenty twenty one. All-time series versus Inter-Miami. It is one Columbus, no draws, one Inter-Miami. And your fun fact for this team, they have arguably the best rivalry name in almost all of sports. Mm -hmm. Hell like is it. real. I like it. So it's a couple things here. Campeones Cup is a annual competition between MLS and Liga Emekis. Uh, not really sure the entire structure of it, but if anyone was wondering that, and then what I learned this weekend by watching that game, where did that name come from? I don't know what the interstate or highway is that connects Columbus to Cincinnati, but there is like a very famous, but now you got to understand the layout, you know, right? Like of that area, it's, it's not the Bible belt of the South, but there is a lot of religion in that area. And so there's this massive billboard on the highway that just states hell is real just to strike fear and anyone trying to drive. And so I guess that's, they did, they deducted the name, the hell is real rivalry from that famous billboard that I guess it's lease gets renewed year after year, after year, after year by some probably religious organization or church. And that's where it comes from. And not only is it an amazing name, but that's a pretty funny story, especially if you've ever been up in that kind of Midwest region. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of people in there kind of from like the Appalachia area that, that, that bleed out that are very religious. So very, very cool name. Uh, definitely yeah. coolest rivalry name. 
It is uh, on Interstate 71 is what you were looking for there. Oh, and oh, that runs through Louisville. I've been on that many times. Well, then if it goes through Louisville, we all know hell is actually <laughs> real. <laughs> I set myself up for that. Oh, uh, yes, you did. All right. Uh, so recent run of form for the crew. One win, three draws, and one loss. Uh, Jay, you want to run us through the players to watch? The man himself, Mr. Lucas Zella Rayon. Absolute stud. Had a bit of a lull this season. Um, obviously, they lost Giassi Zardes uh, over to Colorado. Um, but uh, they, they acquired Cucho Hernandez, who has been an absolute stud. Uh, absolute, absolute stud. I think he's scored in every, like, equal games he's played in. Absolute monster. Uh, also a, a big threat, Derek Etienne, Aiden Morris, Jake Morris. Uh, this name has been spectacular for his whole career, but this season in a rut, Mr. Darlington Nagby, uh, also uh, a stud. But um, got, a lot of, got a lot of firepower. They uh, were definitely struggling a lot. Earlier this year, they got Cucho and in or Cucho rather, and uh, everything has been clicking for them. This is going to be a very, very tough game. Uh, we're traveling up to see them, and then we're going to see them, I think, what in, in two more weeks or something like that at a home game. So, you know, we're going to get plenty Columbus and uh, in a crucial time of the uh, of the, the season. I see what you did there. It's a crucial time in the season. Look at that. Look at you. Making oh, puns. Yeah, yeah. Well, we already figured out the episode name for uh, <laughs> for next season, I guess. Yeah, for next, yeah. All right, moving forward, Jay, what are you going to be watching this coming week? Have you any games caught your eyes? Anything, anything on the 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 Eastern table is uh, is what I'm watching. It doesn't matter what game it is, uh, any of them. Um, you're gonna have to come back to me, buddy. Do you, you got right. yours lined up already? Um, yeah, so I'm I'm keeping an eye on the Revs versus Chicago. Uh, really kind of hoping Chicago wakes up a little bit and steals some points from the Revs and keep them at bay. I'm going to be keeping an eye on NYCFC and DC. I know DC is terrible. But when DC needs to play somebody that's not named Philly, they tend to stand up and, and, and make a go of it. Remember, LAFC, they only lost one nothing to. So if somehow DC could steal some points or NYCFC and keep us in the you know in the hunt there, um, that'd be great. And then uh, Montreal and Red Bull, uh, again, it too, it's just going to be an awesome clash between two top teams there. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that... Uh, Probably just because I have a, a tiny affinity for Portland and and, mm. and their and their team, I'm going to watch Austin and Portland for the um, uh, for the Wednesday games. Fair for enough. the Saturday, well, go ahead and tell me, are you watching anything on Wednesday first? Uh, I mean, like like just like you said, I mean, you cover the East uh, quite well, uh, but Orlando, Seattle, nice cross conference play. Uh, F Orlando as always. Looking for them to, to lose that game, although Seattle uh, has definitely been struggling. So, um, and then, yeah, then, you know, you move on to like to the weekend games. I think that Nashville Austin game will be pretty exciting, even though it's not really, you know, in the Eastern Conference, still something to watch. Uh, big game Saturday night I do want to watch is going to be the Red Bulls 
versus Philadelphia. I would like to say shout out Philadelphia. We all know that Than is a closet Philadelphia fan. Dropping Easy. two two back to back six goal games. And this is their third six-goal game of the season. Their goal differential is like plus 37, just murdering every soul they come across. That is absolutely terrifying. Everyone's focused right now on like LAFC or Austin. Bro, Philadelphia might be the real deal. Shout out our boy Julian Carranza. And, uh, of course, the demon himself, Gazdag, who dropped a hattie this weekend as well. Uh, And then, you know, wrapping up, on uh, on Sunday, it's going to be uh, New England NYCFC because those games uh, will mean quite a bit. I think there's, you know, Red Bulls kind of solidified their their playoff spot, but they're just a, a point behind New York. You know, there's still plenty of games in the season for this thing to really shake up. I mean, what's better than making the playoffs but getting some home field advantage? So this is what I'm watching. What, what are you going to be paying attention to on uh, Saturday and Sunday here? Well, not Philly, since you decided to call me out on it. I mean, no. guess I'll just, yep, nope. Uh, no, jokes aside, I'll be to break most goals in a season. Like I, I think I, they're they're already leading. Like they're trending above where they need to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. They're they're just a powerhouse right now. If if they don't contend for the the championship when it's all said and done, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Like, I mean, any, any given game is for any given team, but still it's, it, it just all signs are starting to point towards the inevitable here. Uh, but for me, uh, Cincy versus Charlotte, uh, just, it, it's just going to be a good match between two teams that are in desperate need for points. Revs versus NYCFC, but I also have a dark horse and it doesn't really have too much standing, but uh, Le Classique, we have Toronto versus <laughs> Montreal. I'll be watching that match. Montreal. Uh, That'd be good. That's one. where we're at. So, uh, uh, so hey, go just, ahead. Just for you. Uh, just checking. Just sports shield standings here. So we, you know, we, we typically run around just the area we are, but just leading it. LAFC at 57 points. Philadelphia at 54 points. And Austin at 51. Montreal is right behind him at 49. So this would be a pretty interesting finish to the season, right? LAFC just seems to be signing whoever they want at will. Just building out a roster and then Philadelphia is just making it work basically with what they walked into this season. So it's going to be a very, uh, very, very interesting game. Philadelphia has 15 wins. LAFC is 18. So, uh, uh, Philadelphia is making up on the, uh, on the draws on the ties there. But I mean, like the goal differentials, I mean, LAFC is winning right now with a plus 26, but Philadelphia is a, plus 37 i would absolutely love it and i don't think they are so i'm going to double check now but they should play this season before the playoffs that would be a great game to see i mean as much as you were just picking on me for a, a quote unquote being a philly fan i'm doing I would it drive for you i'm doing it for you then i don't need you I'm i don't su- need your I'm help i'm a supportive friend nope Bullshit, you are. Anyways, I would definitely drive out to go see that match. I mean, just for the fact that Chiellini, Bale, um, you know, Gazdag, Wagner, Carranza, the whole nine yards. It'd be it'd be a great Ooh, wow. match at Subaru Park. Yeah. Um, but you talked about Austin and LAFC. Let's slide into the shocking, impressive, and noteworthy headlines for this past week. Austin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I was the not fully expecting this, but man. I wasn't expecting the the brouhaha we saw in the field either. That was uh, 
that was something. Yeah, I was expecting Chiellini to get in on that, and he was like, nah, 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 nah. Um, but Austin was at final. It was like four to one. I, yeah. I had pegged that. I had pegged that at like a three to two uh, Los Angeles win, I think. And hell, good for them. Good, good on you. It, it was a hell of a match. I don't know if you caught any of it, but I whew. did. <laughs> I watched it. Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, next was since he robbed in Hell Is Real versus Columbus. Uh, in the 96th minute, the the goal scored by uh, Marrera was. It was as close to being off onside as you could be without being offside, but there were some folks online claiming it was offside. I see where they're saying, but at the same time, we've also seen calls for and against that have gone either way. So I, I don't know. Um, I don't would have been nice that. for Cincy to steal those points, but that's a rivalry is what game, it is. baby. That's a rivalry game, and. Both teams are not nipping at our heel. So, you know, yeah, I was like, you know, it'd be great if Cincy won. But then, you know, like hold them both at one point. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, also someone threw a beer and I think it was Cucho. Uh, <laughs> and he just grabs the beer midair, crushes the rest of it, throws it away. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Respect. Uh, yeah. You get uh, he- communicable diseases, but he didn't care. He might be co- uh, becoming one of my my favorites, like with with, with shit like that. I absolutely love that. He's a stud. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna here get back with me in a second. You run through these. I'm gonna find out exactly how many games he's played and how many goals he scored. All right, so we got two more headlines here. Uh, my question to you, while you're looking that up, is is Nashville bouncing back? Are, are they starting to to come back around? And and you know they they had a rough time. Uh, you know, in July, two uh, two. Uh, they lost to Charlotte 4-1. They had a, a 1-0 win against Seattle, 2-1 loss to LAFC, and then a f- smattering of draws. Um, I think I think they're starting to round in the playoff Nashville here. They're, they're starting to come around like they're going to be uh, a force to reckon with if they can continue the climb here. I think they are um, as well. Like, it's a game of streaks, right? It's a game of runs. So they just had a little bit of a rut there, getting back on tra- track. They still have one of the top three players in the league arguably the best and and honey Mukhtar is just a absolute absolute brilliant magician so so fun to watch uh for those paying attention uh Cucho has started eight games and he's scored in eight games he's played in 10 and scored in eight so you know solid solid ratio right there no I mean he's he's proven his worth he's better than Pato at Chelsea it's phenomenal you're not gonna let that go, are you? Never. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this the, name. The last bit of news from the MLS, and I don't remember if we covered it last week. If we didn't, or if we did, I apologize. But I need to put it back in there. Um, Harvick is leaving Montreal. Mm-hmm. He is getting transferred out at the end of the season. But he's we coming are... back. No, no, sorry. He's he's already gone. Yeah, they traded him, and then. I forgot what the team was. It's some strange team that not as Alchemir or something like that. Yeah, and they loaned him back for the rest of the season. So <laughs> they did that before the window was closed. They're like, yeah, we're going to buy him, and then boom, we'll let you have him for the rest of the season, so he can finish out strong. Then we'll then we'll bring him on over. So interesting play. I like it. I think he's a stud. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, good for the league. Good for Montreal. Good business, but. He's such a fun player to watch that, you know, I'm, yep. I'm a little sad for the league as a whole. 
I think if you've listened to this pod long enough, you know that both Jay and I are fans of creative and uh, magician style center attacking mids yeah. or center and, mids to begin and, with. It's, and fan loves Philly. I, I, I do just as much as you love the Kentucky Wildcats. Moving on to the news. Yeah. Those yeah. How's it feel? Those are lies. How's it feel? Daggers. We know you got John Calipari. Actually, I've seen John Calipari photo in your uh, house. Nope. Only Rick uh, Pitino in this household, buddy. Anyways, since we're throwing daggers at each other here, let's move on. Uh, the Inter-Miami Academy competed in Liga Amexi International Youth Tournament. Uh, when they played up against teams like Atletico, Madrid, Feyenoord, Seattle, and a smattering of academies from down in Mexico, in Mexico City. Couldn't find too much information about how they did it. It seemed like it wasn't really one of those deals where they kept, uh, like, score. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, no, it wasn't that they didn't keep score, but I couldn't find any standings to see where they finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then our wonderful pressers that we get out were so filled with lacking details and it was like all right whatever just gotta give it to the boys for competing in something like this and we, we can move on good on you um, so let's let's let's, good, let's go ahead and move on then good on you bring us home uh, spread it open you know what I, I i don't know if i'm feeling the premium content this week though i feel like you've been beating me and abusing me and i just don't feel like well, i don't feel like we're gonna go there all right so, so it's a working relationship yeah. All right. It's OnlyFans, probably the best part of this podcast. We know this gets the bulk of the listens because I get to ask Jay questions and he can only answer and then he has to be quiet. We usually don't have to trust myself to not look at the questions ahead of time, but there really aren't any questions. So I really thought we were about to wrap the show. No, we are. We have questions. Jay, there are questions. Answer First them. one. I'll answer some fucking just same. All right. First one. This is from our man across the pond, one of your Chelsea brethren. Uh, would you marry an Orlando fan? <laughs> this isn't even funny. This isn't even funny. Like, but yes, we're both laughing. I am. I currently am. I mean, like, she went to school in Orlando. She bartended in Orlando. She has Orlando attire. She got mad at me. One night, like a Sunday morning after like a long night at uh, the stadium and then miss cues afterwards. And I was taking a shower and she just happened to wear an Orlando city shirt that day. And I was like, wow, really, really? So yeah, but uh, unfortunately I'm kind of living that life. She is a absolute angel. She is a saint. <laughs> I love her. She, she's, she is perfect the way she is. Jay. I feel set up. I really feel set up right now. I got to be honest, though. I didn't know she was an Orlando fan, and yeah. that's the first question I saw. So she's not. I mean, um, like, she was when she was there, just because the bar she was working at was designated as like one of the Orlando bars. But she's an inner Miami fan. She wears more inner stuff. If that makes everyone feel better, she only wears Orlando stuff when I piss her off. Which, uh, you know, I'm working on. So it's six days a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with the I'm gonna end with the fire question. So Jay. What are your top three chicken sandwiches? Oh, we're going to get into this right now. We're going to get into this right now. Oh, I knew this one was going to be coming eventually. Um, top three chicken sandwiches. Um, well, number one, Florida kind of sucks when it comes to fried chicken. Like, that's pretty uh, pretty pathetic on you as a state. 
a Kentuckian is telling you they suck. Uh, best ones I've had down here. I'm going to go ahead and lead with Funky Buddha's Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich because yes. they brine it in uh, hot sauce. And then they bread it. Then they throw the Nashville sauce on it with some buffalo sauce over top. Uh, you had that as well when you came down. I yes. was like, you must try this. Um, second one would have been, uh, at spring chicken. Um, I don't even think that's open by us anymore. I think it's like a shake shack now. Um, it was, I forgot what other restaurant he owned. He owned another restaurant. and did something just specializing, uh, in fried chicken. Um, and then the other really good one I had was in Pompano, but I really can't remember what the name was because it was so long ago, but people really just want to know. This is where this all started from is uh, got into a debate over uh, over Chick-fil-A and Popeyes. And uh, someone even mentioned KFC, and I was like, shut up. Uh, but if no. we're sticking truly Florida, like if I'm not going to reach back into my home state of Kentucky to bring up the great chicken that the whole world should experience because it would literally lead to world peace, uh, I'm going to go with the third. I'm going to solve the third right now, okay, between the great debate that went on for too long, Popeyes or Chick-fil-A. And the answer is Chick-fil-A. It's the Lord's chicken, and that Polynesian sauce is the nectar of God's. So I'm going to solve that right now. Popeye's is fun. It was trendy. Popeye's is no better than KFC. But you're talking about the Lord's chicken. You're talking about the most efficiently designed drive through system that the United States, that the world has ever seen. And you're going to dare go against the Lord on this? No. Those are my answers. I can't speak too much for the Floridian style chicken sandwich, but Funky Buddha has won my heart. Like I got, I, I, I'm coming back for another one. That was that with was amazing. Homemade, with the homemade pickles on it, like it is, mm, just, can't be. Mm-mm. It's good through and uh, through. Like it's not just good on the sauce. It's not just good on the crust. But you get into that hot sauce brined chicken, and you cannot beat it. I live right next to Funky Buddha. We're not sponsored by Funky Buddha, but I love them with all my heart. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree. Uh, I also have to agree with you. I think, uh, first off, KFC, if you even bring up KFC, that's an atrocity. You should be banned from just breathing. Like, it's not good. Uh, Popeye's, eh, okay. I'll get it when I'm in the area because we don't have a lot up here. So, like, for a good change of pace, I'll get it. But Chick-fil-A, hands down, don't. There's no question. Yeah, and shout out to that spot I can't remember in Pompano. It's fish and chicken. It's what they do. They fry them both, and they're really good. Spicy question for you. Name one player in the league you would foul Pozuelo style. Um, Tolkien. Don't like him for some reason. The way he looks. Something about him. Looks like a douche. I Junior or so. I, see, I like. I don't like Orlando, but I do respect Junior Urso for some reason. I don't know why, but for some reason, I do. See, like, I, I just don't like his face. And I, like I wouldn't. Pos- I think it looks swaggy. I wouldn't Pozuelo style it. I would take both, both cleats up, like both studs. Like we are coming full on. Like here we go. I'd go for Schlegel. I don't like Schlegel that much. I don't like the name. I also don't like the way you look. I don't want to judge people. I don't want to seem like super shallow, but some of these dudes just look like complete chads. <laughs> shout out to all our listeners no. named Chad. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to all of our <laughs> listeners named Chad. Uh, if you trade yeah. crypto or NFTs, then you know what a Chad is. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, we have one more question. Just touch on it real quick because we already touched on it a little bit. What are your thoughts on the team's lineup? Uh, what do you think they'll look like coming out on Wednesday against Columbus? What What would you say your best guess would be? Um, given the fact that Gonzalo's not effective without Pozuelo and he's dealing with an injury, save him. I don't think we rush back Campana uh, either. I think it's Coco's moment to play at striker, not on the wings, kind of where we've been bringing him in. I think we're going to see like a, a Coco – uh, flanked on his left by probably Lasseter, flanked on his right by Robbie Taylor. Uh, Midfield-wise, I think we have to give Duke the start here. He's the best option we have. We're still going to have Mota and Gregory in behind him. Back line-wise, I think it's it's more of the same. Um, you know, Gibbs didn't play a, a lot. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or anything, but we're still going to see Lowe. We're still going to see McVeigh. We're still going to see Yedlin. I'm curious as if we bring Sailor in, more into the the interior of that and play McBay McVeigh at left back or what we do there, but I think we got to roll with that. Then just sub on Emerson and let him run wild and hope for the best. I don't have anything different to add to that really? because I think you hit the nail on the head. Yep, I do. I lied to you though. I have one more question that sparked a major debate on our Discord channel. This was huge. I remember laughing my ass off as I was walking into the game. Jay, does a gator count as a support animal? <laughs> yeah, I man. First off, I've caught one star reviews for it. I don't even care. I don't even, I do have no love in my heart for the Florida Gators. All right, set that aside. Sorry, Mike. Uh, set that aside. Yes, an alligator can be a support animal, Okay. It was just, I, it was on the news today as well. I saw it again today. That's the fourth time I've seen this alligator support animal. And he's freaking adorable, man. He's like four feet long. He crawls up on you, hugs you, put his head on you. He's the cutest damn alligator you've ever seen. I've caught alligators when I was in the Amazon River. That's not even like a made up story. Like we, we did that several nights. Alligators aren't like vicious attack animals, just like great whites aren't. Like there's natural predators that haven't had to evolve and they don't bother you for most of the time. It's very rare that you ever catch an injury. So stop all the gator hate and left the, unless they're from UF, you can hate the UF gators all you want, but leave the actual real normal gators alone. They're cool little animals. I personally wouldn't own one because I have a child and one on the way, but if I didn't and we were all full grown yeah, I'm not necessarily against a three-foot, four-foot gator. You see these weird Florida people walking around with iguanas all over them. Like, it's their pet. Like, good on you. I have nothing against an alligator. And stop the alligator hate. Unless it's So, for those, you know, well, everybody hates UF. We'll have to share the video. That's all we can do is share the video. on. on we'll find it on social media and share it. Yes. For those of you who were not aware, uh, in Philly, there was a woman with a support gator. Uh wouldn't say that surprises me in Philly, but I mean, wait, that you saw there was one in Philly. The one I saw was in Florida. No, this one was in Philly. Is it the same? I wonder if it's the same one. Cause it seems it's like possible. it's pretty famous and it's traveling. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but Hey, you know what? We bring you the sports news. We bring you the weird news. We bring you the shit we want to talk about, uh, support animals, chicken sandwiches. You got it all today. Jay, why don't you go ahead and take us on out? Yes, sir. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the Air Mommy podcast. Uh, as always, shout out to uh, our massive fans, uh, all of the fans, La Familia, 
the supporters groups, the North Stand, anyone who cares about this team. You guys are the best. You guys are why, why we do this. You can catch us on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast and on Instagram at InterMiami Podcast. Be sure to reach out to our Discord where we debate random things like chicken sandwiches and our alligators even support animals. The answer is yes, they are. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, thank you so much. And um, as always, man, do you have anything to say before I take us out? No, no, no? not at all. You, you nailed it. All right. Well, as we do it every single episode, we will uh, wish for the best on Wednesday at 730 as we play the Columbus crew. But as we end every single episode, vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami. <laughs> <laughs>